Hello, listeners. Welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Guys, welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hi. 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 We're happy to be back. It's been a a week. <laughs> Over a, a week. week. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have some exciting news. We have a new patron from our Ooh. Patreon. Uh, her name is Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Thank you for Hi, joining Michaela. us. We appreciate you. So thank you. Big shout out right at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm not going to lie how you spell your name, Michaela. My brain went to Mikhail, which is like a Swedish way of saying Michael, because I know someone. Well, sorry for Swedish people who are listening, because I'm sure I'm butchering it. But <laughs> it's like spelled the same way and it kind of ish pronounced that. But anyways, in my brain, I was like, oh, my God, because this guy is a Mormon. I was like, oh, he, he left the church and like he's now one of our patrons. What? And I'm like, oh, no, that says Michaela. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. If it not, is. sorry, but <laughs> either way, thanks. And also thanks to just the lovely messages we've been getting and people um, even who, like, we always say this every episode and we will continue to do it. So just skip past it if you're annoyed. Um, <laughs> but thanks for our Patreons. Of course, like, you guys, you know, help us a lot and especially keeping the podcast going. But also for those who aren't in a position to to be a Patreon, thanks for just your support. A lot of people have been giving us shout outs and referring us. And um, that also goes a long way. And we really appreciate all the love and support we can get in whatever way. So thank you. I do. Thank you. Um, I think that's all the business I have to talk about. <laughs> um, all business. All that business. Um, so do you want to just get into the topic for today? I do. I kind of want to chat about just like a positive corner thing. Positive corner. Cool. <laughs> I just made that. I didn't make that up. That's on another podcast, but I don't remember which one. <laughs> um, so I was telling Katie before this episode that so cool that when you start telling people about this community that we have and like this podcast like even people who are non-mormons or you know ex-mormons as well but mostly people who didn't grow up in mormon church like i find it so sweet and flattering when they're just really interested and excited to listen to the podcast even though they're not mormon they didn't grow up mormon um and i've had a few friends do that and recently a colleague did it and she like saw on a Facebook chat that there was another ex-Mormon in Berlin who was looking for people who've gone through the same thing. And my lovely colleague like referred our podcast to her and mm-hmm. then we messaged on Facebook today and now we're going to meet up with another ex-Mormon. Like how crazy is that, you guys? It's really, it's really so, cool. It's just, it it warms my, my soul and my heart. Like It warms your sweet spirit. <laughs> It does. <laughs> and to think that Mormons think we have no soul and we're possessed by demons, but we're not because we're yeah, connecting we and helping each other out. And I yeah. just love it. I just um, have all the feels. All the feelings. So speaking of that, I, I mentioned this a little bit to you, Sarah, but I didn't tell you the full story. So along those lines, I'm in a Facebook fan group for the podcast wine and crime which if you don't listen to it you should go listen because it's really good uh but it is crude just beware (laughs) um 
Anyways, and they have a thing called like self-promo Saturday where you can, in their group, you can promote things that you create or things that you make or sell or whatever. And um, so I was like, what the hell? I'll try it. I'll just put it, the podcast out there and a little explanation and probably no one will even see it or care or have any interest. But so many of these people in this group were so lovely and supportive and just amazing. And Aww. there were there were some ex-Mormons in the group that commented and so many people that just weren't like weren't Mormon or had never been, but still said that they subscribed and were giving me really lovely feedback. And I even became Facebook friends with some of them. So if any of the wine coven, if any of you are listening, thank you. And it makes me like, because, you know, there's all the, the shitty things on the internet and there's all the crappy things that we deal with and we do complain about. But there are amazing people on the internet, too, that it just blows my mind every time when I see how many people are listening. And I'm like, oh, wow, all the good people make up for the shitty ones. <laughs> it really, really does, though, because some of those days when we have, like, trolls or just thinking about maybe personal friends and relationships and how maybe this podcast would be negatively received by them, Um <laughs> It's great to know that there are genuinely just like really great people out there. And maybe I'm just extra emotional because I'm PMSing, but I just have all the feelings. And um, yeah, it's amazing. So thanks to everyone who is so sweet and supportive. We love you. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, which not is the opposite. (laughs) Our topic today. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) General Conference 2019, October. Woof. Uh, Talk about Halloween, right? I was going to say, talk about spooky. (laughs) (laughs) I love the dad jokes so much. (laughs) So happy. Um, But yeah, this is a spooky episode because we're talking about spooky talks that are from (laughs) October 2019 conference. Spooky Um, season. These give you the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. really do and it's it blows my mind like it it's so weird to me to think that I used to listen to these talks and think that I was being like spiritually uplifted and receiving personal revelation and how they were like the best things ever and now I read it like it makes me so uncomfortable to read them because it's just so cringy and controlling and brainwashing and Mm -hmm. it's just a total cult like it's even oh. worse, like, um, watching them because they all use that same cadence and tone that's very cultish when you really think about it because they all speak in the same manner. It's really creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. And, like, Katie and I were talking before, too, it would be great if we could just do one of these talks once a month because – Honestly, there's so many of them that you could go through and just break apart. And for me, it's it's a, it's not only therapeutic, but it's just more of drilling this into my head even more that this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Because sometimes <laughs> right. I still have relapses where I like in a panic moment think like, oh, my God, is this like, am I going to hell? Am I making the right decision? And then I read these talks and I'm like, ah, right, right, right. This is straight up a cult and brainwashing. Like it's it's mental. It's all fear tactics and guilt and shame. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So um, listeners, if 
for those of you who have never been Mormon, General Conference is this big Mormon event that happens twice a year. They have it in every April and every October, and it lasts for an entire weekend. So they'll have two uh, two-hour-long sessions each on Saturday and Sunday, and then they also have a women's session that's on, I believe, a Saturday night, or maybe, no, Friday night, and then, yeah. like, a priesthood session, which is for the men, men only, women cannot go in, and that is on Saturday night, and then I, do they have, like, a youth session, too, or am I just pulling that out of my ass? I, think I can't they remember. do. No, I think they have, um, because I remember in, I think, God, I could be wrong, but I thought yeah, I was young women. No, what it is. Okay, this is what it is, I think. Guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I remember when I was in young women that I would attend the the Release Society one. Right, yeah. Like, that was, like, young women could be a part of that, but I don't think yeah. it was, like, a separate. Okay, okay, I feel you. And um, the, it's... It's held in Salt Lake City, but it's broadcast all over the world on just regular television. And so if you're in the States, most people just watch it from their ho- their homes. And if you're abroad somewhere, they'll usually gather at the church and it'll be broadcast over the TV. And the people that talk are the super high up. They're called the general authorities or as they like to call them also like the prophets, seers, Revelators. Revelators. <laughs> and they're giving you messages that are supposedly divinely inspired from God. And they're they're basically the celebrities of Mormonism talking to you yeah. twice a year. Yeah. Totally. And, like, that's a really good comparison because if you go to Salt Lake City and go to the conference center, like, you'll see people, like, taking pitch, like, selfies with the apostles and prophets. Oh, yeah. And, like, posting it on their social media, because I saw that recently. It's like, oh, oh my God, I just got to meet Elder Uke, or President Uchtdorf. Like, oh, my God, I'm so they lucky. They freak out. They really are, like, treated like celebrities that can yep. talk to God. And they're the ones, by the way, that make money from doing this. They're the ones, and they're paid over six figures a year to on top yeah. of having all their expenses covered right yes and private jets and all the fun stuff yeah yep. <laughs> so that's just sort of an overview of what general conference is and it's really a huge deal to mormons because it's their their prophet and his apostles speaking to you so you're not supposed to miss it you're supposed to even like take notes and all of that yeah you're supposed to prepare for it too i think we've talked about this a few yes, times before yes. but like I was taught at BYU that you should prepare for general conference by writing down three personal questions that you hope to receive answers from divinely inspired prophets, seers, and revelators in um, conference. So I would always write down these questions and be like, oh, my God, it's like someone's going to read my fortune this weekend. I'm so excited. (laughs) And then every time I was like, what? Like, these are not specific answers at all. They were, oh, I'll read some of my journal entries. I'll save it for another day. But they're like, <laughs> oh, my God, this answers my question about when exactly am I going to get married to my eternal companion? And the answer is like, keep reading the Book of Mormon and praying <laughs> daily and you will receive... <laughs> You will meet your eternal companion. I'm like, the church is true. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
somehow make it work in your head that you're like, oh, I asked a specific question, didn't get the answer. Oh, well, it's true anyway. Yay. (laughs) So awful. Anyway, so today we're just going to like, Katie and I both picked a, a talk or at least like a general topic from the general conference and we will dive deeper into them and pull out yep. the ridiculousness of all of it. Yep. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? I don't care. I can go first. Yeah, you go first because you're more prepared. So <laughs> if I don't, know about that. To, like, I don't want to like <laughs> cut into your time of me just pulling shit out my ass. So you go ahead with your notes. <laughs> Who knows? Mine might be pulling out of my ass too. Well, <laughs> so I guess sort of my topic is, um, Dallin H. Oaks, which we've decided to rename Dallin Homophobe Oaks <laughs> on this podcast. Bob, Katie, we're being too bitter. We so shouldn't bitter. like be negative. We should never criticize leaders of churches ever, no matter it's what. It's sacrilegious and it's disrespectful and it makes us bitter, bitter people. And that's why our <laughs> podcast is so bitter. <laughs> I'm going to criticize criticize him all day long. Okay. <laughs> So this guy, he is very old and very white and very rich, and he is the second in command. So the prophet, president of the church, is Russell M. Nelson, and Dallin H. Oaks is the first counselor of the first presidency. So when Russell M. Nelson dies, Dallin H. Oaks is going to take over as the main prophet, which is terrifying. So, yeah, he spoke, um, I just wanted to let's see so he had I think two talks in general conference and I just want to read a little blurb from one of them that he said right when he opened this talk he said my dear brothers and sisters a letter I received some time ago introduces the subject of my talk the writer was contemplating a temple marriage to a man whose eternal companion had died she would be a second wife she asked this question Would she be able to have her own house in the next life, or would she have to live with her husband and his first wife? I just told her to trust the Lord. And then everyone started laughing in the congregation. Uh, Yeah. So that's the only part I want to read from that talk. Um, But they just made so much light of this poor woman's actual question. And she didn't want to be a second wife. Like, she didn't want to have to live with the guy's first dead wife in the eternities. And Dallin Oaks just throws her under the bus and makes fun of her, basically, as the opening to his talk. Like, oh, oh doesn't God. matter. We'll work it out. Don't think about it. <laughs> Guys, I'm in shock right now. That's mental. Isn't crazy and it's I think it's really gross that everyone laughed like it was some kind of joke oh yeah so that's a little a little nugget to open up but that's not even the main talk I want to talk about but it, so, sorry I just this image I just keep imagining like <laughs> a Saturday Night Live skit where it's like opening up or it's like some really awful horrendous line and and like this poor woman like I'm imagining like Debbie Downer being like and then everyone just laughing at the fact that she's bringing up something super depressing I know know. oh (laughs) oh that's horrendous (laughs) okay 
Sorry, continue. So the main talk I want to address is his address that he gave just to the women. It was for the women's session. Oh, I didn't see this one. Yeah. So it's called Two Great Commandments. And I, I have it here and then I have notes that I'll say along as I go. But feel free to interject whenever you want. That's gross. Okay. My dear sisters in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I greet you as divinely assigned guardians of the eternal family. Okay, so right from the beginning, he's making it very clear that when you talk about women, it's always centered around the family, being a wife and being a mother and quote unquote guarding the eternal family, which essentially means guarding heterosexual marriage. Exactly. Yeah. So right off the bat, just starting in with the homophobia. Wow. So he says, uh, President Russell M. Nelson has taught us this church was restored so that families could be formed, sealed and exalted eternally. This teaching has important implications for persons who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender, commonly referred to as LGBT. Uh, hey, Dick, you left off plus. <laughs> yeah, LGBTQIA+, they're not just uh. on Um, So basically, I just, I want to say to people, which they probably know, but it, like, if your sexual orientation or gender identity is not straight or cisgender, then you're not valid in the Mormon church because procreation is the most important thing to them, and especially that women can do. So, like, if you're in a relationship with someone who couldn't possibly impregnate you, then it's wrong in, like, the eyes of God. I'm doing a bunch of air quotes. (laughs) Exactly. But also it's a good point to call attention to if you didn't already realize that and you're listening to our podcast that we're very much annoyed by this and upset. Um, But also it just, again, it goes to show that there, there can't be a progressive Mormon. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, if you say that you are, you know, for equal rights for everyone but then you're paying money into the mormon church like you it's just not it's hypocritical i'm sorry and i say that because i used to be that person and that's one of the biggest reasons why i left because it just did not sit right with me that i was saying to all of my friends in the lgbtq plus community that i was supporting them and blah 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 but then i was still a part of a religion that clearly did not support them and i was not only a part of it i was active in it and i was paying money in it and so again like it's just you can't be both i'm sorry like it's just yeah not if you're being honest with yourself yeah exactly president nelson has also reminded us that we don't have to always agree with each other to love each other these prophetic teachings are important for family discussions to answer the questions of children and youth i have prayerfully sought inspiration to speak to this audience because you are uniquely affected by these questions which directly or indirectly affect every family in the church So to me, what that says is when he says we don't have to agree with each other to love each other. It's like that if you don't agree with the LGBTQ community, you're claiming that their basic identity is like sinful and wrong. And so how is that considered loving? Like, that's not love. If you don't accept people for who they are as humans, that's not loving them. 
that's not the same thing. It's, yeah, it doesn't no. work. <laughs> and it's just total bullshit, the whole, like, yeah, we want, it's okay to have disagreement or whatever. No, it's not, because you, there's nowhere, like, in the church that says, like, if you do disagree, it's like, and you're excommunicated. And, like, yeah. Ugh, yeah, and it's like it, we don't have to agree with each other to love each other. Like, what does that even mean? What do you ha- even have to agree on when it comes to LGBTQ? There's nothing to agree with. It, like, they, no. they just exist. They're <laughs> they're humans. Like, what? Oh, okay. God. I I begin with what Jesus taught were the two great commandments. The first great commandment is, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind." And the second is like unto it, "Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself." So I feel like he's pointing this out because it says, "Love God first, and then you can love others." But love God first because God is soups jealous. But (laughs) (laughs) but he is. We all know that God's super jealous because we have to pray to him all the time and say how much we love him and we're grateful and blah 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 blah. And we will obey him like little slaves. Yeah. So this means we are commanded to love everyone since Jesus's parable of the Good Samaritan teaches that everyone is our neighbor. But our zeal to keep the second commandment must not cause us to forget the first, to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we show that love by keeping his commandments. God requires us to obey his commandments because only through obedience including repentance, can we return to live in his presence and become perfect as he is? Wow. So yeah, he just basically said what I was going to say is that, yeah, it's important to love people, but it's more important to obey God. And God says being gay is a sin. So like you can smile at a gay person and claim to love them, but you can't support their right to get married or support (laughs) them living happily with their partner, embracing their identity, like, you, you can't actually love them, but you can give them fake love, right? <laughs> wow. And you know what? It's like this thing. I don't know. This is kind of off topic. Sorry for those people who get annoyed, but it's on topic. I don't <laughs> Social media, like, crazy about Ellen DeGeneres and her quoting, um, talking about, like, sitting next to President Bush. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and how, like, all these Mormons have been resharing it and posting it and, like, oh, look, like, see, we can live together. Like, you know, it's all about, like, celebrating differences and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, but you're you're missing a really big part of that in that, like, yeah, Ellen is saying that you can be – you can obviously have different beliefs and morals and whatever – but you still love a person and you're not actively going against having or like letting them have the same rights as you. There's a difference. Like you can, of course, I'm a strong believer and people should have multiple beliefs and various beliefs and that we're not all the same person. So you can have healthy debates and conversations, but at no point am I going to disagree with someone enough that I want to prevent them from having the same rights as me. Exactly. That's the difference. That's where it crosses the line when you're actively, it, it can hurt people and it takes rights away from people and it causes suicide when you have exactly. these certain quote unquote commandments. That's where it crosses the line because that's not love anymore at all. No. Or not even resembling it. No. Yeah. Okay. 
In his recent talk to the young adults of the church, President Russell M. Nelson spoke of what he called the, quote, strong connection between God's love and his laws. And to me, I just had to pause here and say that this sounded really cultish to me, like the strong connection between love and law. It does not sound like a manipulative dictator. Like, if you love me, you have to obey me. And no matter what my commandment is, you have to obey it. The laws that apply most significantly to the issues relating to those identifying as LGBT are God's law of marriage and its companion law of chastity. Both are essential to our Heavenly Father's plan of salvation for his children. As President Nelson taught, God's laws are motivated entirely by his infinite love for us and his desire for us to become all we can become. And to me, this sounds like a form of abuse, like... Like, almost like sure. domestic abuse. Like, I'm punishing you because I love you. Right? Because or I like, I love you so much. I'm giving you these rules, like, of what you can wear and what you can eat and, like, all of that. It's just, but you're saying that you're doing it because you love them? Mm, yeah. No. I'm, I'm nah. beating you and traumatizing you because I love you. So yeah. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I just love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. Let me smack you over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Many countries have legalized same-sex marriage. As members of the church, we respect the laws of the land, including civil marriage. The truth is, however, that in the beginning, marriage was ordained by God. And to this day, it is defined by him as being between a man and a woman. God has not changed his definition of marriage. So wow. I felt like what he did there was, was just double speak. He said, we respect the laws of the land, but not in this case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's also bad, JK. But it's also kind of <laughs> dangerous. Like when you say you follow and respect the laws, but then you just pick and choose and the church is above the law because of what God supposedly said they could do. Like how quickly could that spiral out of control? Like, but I mean, even think about church history, it has this whole time that yes, Mormonism that has existed. Point. Yeah, like, like freaking it's all freaking about young. like, yeah, basically they stop or they force you to follow the law when the government is like forcing you, basically. But until <laughs> yeah. that point, it's like, just do what, you know, yeah, 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 keep the law, blah, blah, blah. But, but if also, that law you don't have is to ever. Follow this law. Yeah, if it's ever against what we teach, then, um, you know, no, don't don't follow this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, God has also not changed his law of chastity, and requirements to enter the temple have not changed. But that's a lie, because actually in 1978, they changed, the laws of the temple changed and allowed black people to go in. <sighs> so that's just like a straight up lie. Um And I just also want to say that the law of chastity is just antiquated and controlling. Like, controlling other people's sex lives is totally unethical and archaic. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. There's that. Um, Our commission as apostles is to teach nothing but the truth. That commission does not give apostles the authority to modify divine law. And this made me think of... How many times have 
apostles throughout history and what the Mormon church taught things that were untrue. Like, um, always. So many. Like, remember how, like, Brigham Young taught that, like, black people would never get the priesthood and how he taught blood atonement? And Brigham Young taught that people literally lived on the moon. <laughs> so there's that. And, like, Bruce R. McConkie taught that the Catholic Church was literally founded by Satan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, oh, y'all, I know I say it every episode, but, like, how did I believe this shit and never know anything about it? Like, oh, yeah, and it's crazy to me because... They'll say, you know, oh, sometimes prophet makes prophets make mistakes or just speak as men. But then in the exact same breath, they try to gaslight you by adding, no, but apostles and prophets speak nothing but the truth. And they will Ugh. always speak, like, teach the truth. Like, which one is it? I don't. Mm, doesn't make sense. Or that they'll, I think there's a scripture that when it's talking about prophets, basically saying that, like, Maybe it's not scripture, but maybe it's like doctrine or something. I don't know. Or it's like God will never have someone as a prophet who would lead you astray. Oh, so right. I always interpreted that as like there would never be a prophet who would fuck up basically or like right. they give revelation and then all of a sudden have to correct them. Like <laughs> that's the thing that I find is like even again when I was a devout Mormon, I was a bit like, but that doesn't make any sense. That contradicts all the times that prophets have said things that were wrong and then they have yeah. to go back and correct it, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if they're really inspired prophets of God when they just say the correct thing the first time. <laughs> you would think so, but <laughs> apparently not. Um, thus, my sisters, the leaders of the church must always teach the unique importance of marriage between a man and a woman and the related law of chastity. So basically, God says we can be homophobes, so we will be, I guess. Oh. <laughs> that was a long, wordy way of saying that. Um, um, the work of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> is, is ultimately concerned with preparing the children of God for the celestial kingdom, and most particularly for its highest glory, exaltation, or eternal life. That highest destiny is possible only through marriage for eternity. Eternal life includes the creative powers inherent in the combination of male and female, what modern revelation describes as the continuation of the seeds forever and ever. Ew. That's so funny. That's literally what I wrote in my notes right after this. I wrote, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, ew, that's such an icky way of saying it. And just makes me so, like, really grossed out. It's like a... Like, the uh. highest glory for a woman is to be married in the celestial kingdom and popping out spirit babies forever and ever and ever. Fun. Wow. Fun. Okay. Wow, the church is true. The church is true. <laughs> <laughs> Abiding by God's laws will keep you safe as you progress toward eventual exaltation. That is to become like God with the exalted life and divine potential of our heavenly parents. So, AKA, if you obey us, you can eventually become a god, get your own planet, but you must get married and do everything we say or you will not be safe. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is the destiny we desire for all we love. Because of that love, we cannot let our love 
supersede the commandments and the plan and work of God, which we know will bring those we love their greatest happiness. Does that even make any sense to you? No. Like, because of, because of that love, we can't let our love actually be love. Like, it's such weird word salad. (laughs) Like, because we love you, we're not going to let our love get in the way of you having eternal happiness. So rather, we want to force you to be straight. And that's how we're going to show you love. It kind of reminds me of, well, it's obviously not on the same level. So I hope people don't take this offensively. Um, But it reminds me of when, like, growing up, (laughs) my people always commenting on my weight. It was always like, well, it's because I love you and I'm concerned about your health that I have to tell you that you're morbidly obese. And I'd be oh like, well, I'm oh not, though. Like, I'm just average. And be like, no, it's because I love you. And it's because of my love for you that I'm worried about your health and think that you should lose a drastic amount of weight. And I'm Ew. like, oh. Uh, no, 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 no. That same, same mentality, different topic and not as severe, but it's that same, like, you can say whatever you want to whoever you want, as long as you say it's because it's out of the goodness of your heart and your love for them, then it's Even though it could cause severe, like, trauma, which in your case can lead to, like, when you tell someone like that, that can lead to someone not eating healthily, it could lead to eating disorders. And if you're saying this to people who are gay, and it, and, you know encouraging things like conversion therapy then it leads to PTSD like they're becoming suicidal or lots of stuff you know and exactly it's living your whole life in fear yep it's in fear and it also I mean this could be applied to so many areas of the church but I think the most common thing when you talk to someone who's left the Mormon church probably other religions as well, but definitely Mormon church is that they feel this sense of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I struggle with still is this feeling of, I don't feel worthy enough of love of my body of, you know, whatever it is of, you know, okay, I'm committing, I'm doing air quotes sin. So now I'm unworthy of this. I'm, you know, it's that, it's that, way that they control you by making you constantly strive to be worthy and pure and in all sense of the word and so you have to be worthy of love from god too yeah Um, yeah it's it's oh it's so icky um modern revelation teaches that god has provided a plan for a mortal experience in which all can choose obedience to seek his highest blessings or make choices that lead to one of the less glorious kingdoms. Because of God's great love for all his children, those lesser kingdoms are still more wonderful than mortals can comprehend. The atonement of Jesus Christ makes all of this possible as he glorifies the father and saves all the works of his hands. So I wanted to interject here how he's trying to say, like, even if like you're gay or you leave the church or not leave the church, I guess, if you just, are gay or never have been a part of the church, then the lesser kingdom is like where you're going to go and it won't be that bad. It'll still be better than the earth. But guess who is supposedly in their theology lives in the lesser kingdom is people like Hitler and Ted Bundy. Uh, like, 
like even if this place is more wonderful than mortals can comprehend it still sounds pretty awful if like that's the caliber of souls that will live there (laughs) and for people like me and you sarah like that mormon theology says that we go to outer darkness like we don't even get the same treatment as hitler yeah yeah exactly like and what kind of I just feel like what kind of asshole God would create some kind of special VIP country club heaven only for like the people who pay tithing and are heterosexual and make everyone else, even if you're just gay, all you're just existing as a gay person, you have to be, live in the lower kingdom. Like wow. how awful does that sound? Wow, and people are just okay with this. Yeah, like the gay people, it's okay. They can just go live with serial killers and child molesters. Like, I hate it. I get so heated. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have spoken of the first commandment, but what of the second? How do we keep the commandment to love our neighbors? We seek to persuade our members that those who follow lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender teachings should be treated with the love our Savior commands us to show our neighbors. I couldn't believe that he said that, like, teachings. They follow lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender teachings. Like, (laughs) do you just mean gay people exist? (laughs) <laughs> like they have their own pamphlet and style guide for living like <laughs> they're going door to door like the mormons and trying to teach you about being lgbtq <laughs> i'm sorry but i have to be a negative nancy and say that he's an idiot i'm sorry for listeners who think that that's inappropriate but i'm oh, sorry he's an idiot he shit is. like that comments like that you're just you're going to get titled an idiot, like an inconsiderate idiot. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, wow. (laughs) So he says, we must never persecute those who do not share our beliefs and commitments. Regretfully, some persons facing these issues continue to feel marginalized and rejected by some members and leaders in our families, wards and stakes. And we almost strive to be kinder and more civil. Being kind is different from accepting. So, like, wow. is, I just feel like he keeps saying it over and over, like, be nice to them, act nice to them, make them a casserole if you want. <laughs> but like, Make them some still, funeral potatoes. Still support a church that systematically oppresses them and attempts to take away their civil rights. Like, it just is so clear to me. If this was framed in a different way, like, if he was, if it wasn't the LGBTQ community, if he was talking about, like, black people... And he would be like, yeah, yeah, sure, be nice to them, but they are not allowed in our temples, and we don't support them getting married, and we're going to actively, you know, tell all of our members to vote on legislature that will take away their rights. Like, that's not love. That's not being kind. No, that's (laughs) not. There's not an ounce of that in there. If anything, it's just very condescending and... Like, I, of course, I can't speak to this because, A, I'm I'm a white, privileged, straight girl who's never had to go through any of those hardships at all, whether, you know, racism or homophobia or any of that. But I could only imagine, again, I can only imagine, but I can't relate. If I read this and I was part of the LGBT community, I would be outraged. Like, it, it's yeah. not only... 
I wouldn't even just be angry. I would just feel so hurt and like as if my existence is just as easily to be dismissed as a we love you, but we're not going to accept you. But be okay with that, right? Like that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Or if, and if you're not okay with us saying that, then you're persecuting our religion. Like ew. Exactly. Ugh. So we walk a fine line between law and love. This walk requires us to seek divine inspiration on what to support and what to oppose. The walk demands that we not compromise on commandments. And our walk must be considerate of children who are uncertain about their sexual orientation. But it discourages premature labeling because in most children, such uncertainty decreases significantly over time. So, like, don't allow your child to call themselves gay because as they get older, they'll, they're they going to decide they're not gay. That's oh. absolutely not true. Wow. Um, and then he says, our walk opposes recruitment away from the covenant path and it denies support to any who lead people away from the Lord. So, like, anyone, like, remember when how Sam Young got excommunicated for trying to protect children? That's what that reminded me of. Like, it opposes anyone who, like, tries to tell people that it's okay if they're gay or to stop asking sexual questions in Bishop's interviews. Um, But and it and it denies support to any who lead people away from the Lord, which is us. Shout out to us. (laughs) We're leading (laughs) you away. (laughs) Come follow Um, us. It's like we. Oh, my God, we're like the three sisters on Hocus Pocus who sing that song and have the children come to them and we lead them away. That is so good. I know. We just need. Well, you we need a a brunette because I'm a redhead. You're blonde. We need a brunette. Yeah. So who wants to join? Who wants to be a brunette? Right in. Who wants to be our brunette? (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, he just he kind of ends this out by by saying that the women of the of the church need to be strong in this issue and like that they're the strong leaders in the last days and that um, the, the women of the church will you could save your own dear friends and family who are currently influenced by worldly priorities and devilish distortions. So, devilish distortions. I feel like that uh, needs to be the name of this episode. Devilish, <laughs> yes. I mean, like, you hear that freaking word. Do you not imagine, like, automatically think cult? Like, it's, Yes, exactly. Oh, oh. Anyways, that was my talk that I wanted to go through. Because oh, he just. so good. He won't let up. He won't let up on the LGBTQ stuff. And it's getting very embarrassing for the church, honestly, because. They're so outdated with it now. It's just awful. But also, I, I really wonder how long these quote unquote progressive Mormons will last because yeah, I don't know. he's not letting up at all. And I know that they keep saying like, oh, there's so many great rules that have been changed and progress made. So but women like, can wear pants on missions now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, it's really not progress, like, and especially when you hear these talks, it's like, okay, you know, even if you're in it that deep, and I was in it deep, that was stuff that started getting to me at the end, because I was like, oh. It's so glaringly obvious, and even how he talks about the LGBTQ community, like, he always says they identify as, 
he doesn't even give them the validity that that's what they just are. So it's it's so obvious. Like anyone, if you're listening and you're a progressive Mormon, listen to that and and think about what you're supporting. Yep. (laughs) But also, I always third when when religious leaders, especially in the Mormon Church, say like, "Well, it's just a trial that these you know that gay people go through, and when they choose to live that lifestyle." You know, they're just giving in to temptation and they're Ew. choosing that. And I just want to be like, what what person, especially in their youth, would actively choose to most likely be bullied and harassed for being just themselves? Like, I'm sorry, but I don't think anyone would choose that. You know no. what I mean? Like no one chooses it. And it's it's science that being gay is not a choice and if they support conversion therapy or just being celibate for your whole life then they're cruel monsters which they are so i there i said it and they're douchebags and they're homophobes (laughs) and they're idiots there come at me mormons i said it (laughs) come at me (laughs) so true though i'm sure we'll get some haters messaging about that but i'm sorry like Again, we just talked about this. We have the right to to have disbeliefs and to, like, argue against what people believe. And that's okay. And that's healthy. But at no point would I ever go up to a Mormon and say, like, I think you're stupid and I don't agree with you. So I'm going to go against your rights to have equal rights (laughs) like everyone else. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. get off your high horses, people who are like, oh, this, this podcast is so negative and bitter. And why can't... You guys just left a church and now you're just like being hypocritical by saying mean things about these people. And it's like, no, we're disagreeing with them because they're saying shitty things. And that's that's, that's okay actually hurting about. people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, sorry, but I'm not apologizing. That. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <clears throat> okay. Well, I think because we're out of time now and that's cool because I didn't prepare that much for my talks. Oh, my we- God. I'm sorry. It went kind of long. Do you have any, like... so good. But see, this is the thing. Like, I'm glad you went because yours are, like, top-notch, prepared, good stuff that got me heated and was organized, where mine was just going to be like... I mean, like, I found this one quote that's pretty good. I like, this one's good. (laughs) Um, Do you have any, like, quotes from yours you want to share? I feel bad that I I rambled. I can just kind of really quickly highlight because it it goes along with what you kind of your talk. But I basically found three. I just went through the titles and I found three that were like about covenants. Okay. It's like really spooky and cult like, too, because one of the titles was like, oh, it was so spooky. Let me see if I can remember which one it is. I'm excited. Um, Let me see. Keep your covenants. I have it in my notes. Recording topics. I think it was this guy. Covenant belonging. Ew. Isn't that so creepy? Like, I just automatically think of, like, a scary Halloween movie about, like, witches in a covenant. I know. I just imagine them in a circle and there's maybe something being sacrificed. Although witches are way more badass, so they're so badass, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like three. So it was this one, and then there was another one, and this one was by Elder Garrett W. Gong, and then there's another one that's by Rasbin that was called St- 
standing by our promises and covenants. And then there was like another one by Ballard, President M. Russell Ballard, who says, giving our spirits control over our bodies, which is (gasps) all about covenants and like, it's creepy. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, it's talking about his wife who died and, like, how he's so happy to know that, like, he's with her forever because he, I'm doing quotes now, I certainly married right. Of that, there can be no doubt. But that isn't enough, according to President Hinckley. I also have to live right. Today, living right can be a pretty confusing concept, especially (gasps) spend much time on social media where any voice can declare real truths or false concepts about God and his plan for his children. Thankfully, members of the church have eternally true gospel principles to know how to live so that we might be better prepared when we must die. Isn't that like so creepy? And that is so creepy that gives me the heebie-jeebies and it's it's that same old thing that they always use like if you don't follow what we say then your loved ones will die and you'll never see them again yeah that's what all three of these talks are about like um making sure that you keep your covenants because if you don't then you won't be with your family and blah 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 and like This one is just all about, like, controlling the natural body and, like, you know, your spirit has control over your body. And we make life-changing decisions and choices in the pre-mortal realm. Ew! I'm just reading. Like, hearing you say these words to me, they're such normal Mormon words, but hearing you read them in your voice and you actually think about what those words are, it's like, what? Oh, isn't it so creepy? Yeah, and also, like, how they're just saying, let your spirit control your body. Like, what? I I know that they have this concept of, like, you have your spirit before Earth and after, but it's just all so bizarre to me. And Yeah. I mean, just listen to this. I'm just going to end on this. This closing. So this is in Ballard's talk, the one I was just quoting. And this is his closing statement, which is like, Um, (laughs) brothers and sisters, I encourage you to slow down a bit and think about where you are now and subjugating your carnal nature and empowering your divine spiritual nature. So when the time comes, you may pass into the spirit world to a joyful reunion with your loved ones for which I testify and humbly pray in the sacred name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I legit got goosebumps when you whispered that last part. That was that was beautifully done. <laughs> it's so it's like a ghost story, you guys, when you read this it, stuff. It is. It it really is, and I've never really thought about it that way before, but that reminds me of something. It was a a while ago. I think I was like bored for some reason and on my Instagram I did one of those polls where I asked people if they believe in ghosts and I had a bunch of people respond I think most people said no but then there were quite a few Mormons who responded because this was on my personal account not the not the not Somali Mormon one (laughs) and um, a bunch of Mormons responded and they said yes that they did but they're not ghosts they're spirits Mm -hmm. and I was like 
well, I think I asked them, what's the difference? And pretty much everyone just said, oh, it's just the word. So, yeah, it really is like ghost stories of these like souls that leave our bodies after we die and the church has control over what happens to them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, creepy. It's such a creepy ghost story, and I have to sleep by myself tonight. So thanks a lot, Katie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Well, (laughs) if it makes you feel any better, I feel like I just don't have a soul at all because I'm a ginger, right? (laughs) So gingers don't have souls, so I'm worse off than you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Guys, it's been a great episode. Thanks for staying with us and sticking through and listening to our ghost stories. And if you have any ghost stories, share them. Like, and by ghost stories, I mean really, like, you know, spirit from Mormon stuff. But also, if you have real ghost stories, you know, why not share them in too? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's it from us. If you know, as usual, closing remarks. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And uh, if you haven't already, go and like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or just share it with people who need to hear the goodness of the ex-Mormon gospel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I agree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was such a big thought. We will never stop being awkward. That's something you can always count on with this podcast. (laughs) It was like literally crickets. Like, I can't do the cricket sound. But uh, I was like, anyone there? Anyone there? No. (laughs) If you guys want to write to us, it's not Somali Mormon Podcast at gmail.com. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash not Somali Mormon. So get on that. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.